What's good? It's your boy Tony Wright, never wrong. You are now chilling with cool boy Caleb. Yo, it's B Man the Clean Man, and we are Right Mensa. And B, welcome to the team. We live, baby. You are listening to the Institute Podcast, which is a direct extension of the Wilson Institute for Leadership, Education Equity, and Race Relations in America. Our approach to the Wilson Institute work is framed within a quintuple mission. One, demonstrate the counter-narrative of males of color in public education. Two, honor diverse experiences. Three, motivate community stakeholders to promote positive change. Four, dismantle negative stereotypes. And five, train emerging leaders. Each is focused first on our campus, then onward towards our environs, and then upward across the public school system landscape, both in and beyond Fayette County Public Schools. Today, we have our guest, the Mr. Hobson, and we will talk about the title of Parenthood. Go ahead and say hi for them, Mr. Hobson. What's going on? What's going on, folks? What's going on? What's going on? That's it. We have a great show for you guys today. We'll be back in 10. All right, all right. It's your boy, Tony Wright. I'm here to talk to you with the hot topic today. Today, we're going to be talking about how Androids versus iPhones, you know, y'all know how y'all know about that, how people be arguing about that. So give me y'all thoughts on that real quick. So personally, I can't go without my iPhone. Degrade or go down to an Android. It's just not it's not possible for me. I've tried it. It's not going to happen again. I remember there was a time back in the day, a long, long, long time ago where <laughs> I had the experience of uh, having to use an Android. <laughs> Never again will I go back to those days. Ever since then, I've had a bitten apple on the back of my phone. I've been iPhone my whole life. I can't do anything else. How old are you? I'm 17. <laughs> I had my first phone when I was seven, though. What about you, Mr. Hobson, real quick? What, yeah, real I've, quick. Never, I've never experienced uh, that life of an Android. Oh, you had a pager, though, right? And a flip. Yeah. I had a flip. You're right, I did have a flip, but I did not have a pager. I'm not that old, sir. Oh, <laughs> excuse uh, me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had uh, the infamous track phone back in the day. Uh, the Nokia track, uh, then that's, that's flipped over to a Virgin Mobile Verizon flip phone, uh, the silver one. Everybody knows that's, that's in my generation. They know what that is. Uh, then I had a Razor. I uh, went to Sprint, paid my own bill in high school. I don't know what, what y'all doing right now. Uh, I had that until I got to college. Then the iPhone, I think it was the second one, then I got it. Had it ever since. I'm just saying this whole. F- I'm just saying this whole beef between Androids and iPhones is pointless, though. It, everyone has their own opinions and their right to phone, so everyone should just do their own thing. So I feel like Apple has done so much, and I'm not saying that Android hasn't, but Apple like they've just connected their devices so well. For instance, the the MacBook and then the uh, the Apple Watch, the AirPods. Now they have Apple TV. It's just like well, Apple a is a brand, yeah, right? That's what it's about. So it's really not that the phone is so great; it's just that the brand is is good enough to be able to sell folks on what they believe in. Right. Speaking of that, do do you guys know how many Apple products y'all have gone through within the past couple of years? I ha- heck, before I had my LG tablet, well, 
I'm gonna be frank. That is, in fact, some related to Android. But that's but that's just because my iPad broke. Yeah. So. Oh, so it bro- okay. So, so I have, have both. So you have app- an Apple phone and an Android tablet. Well, yeah. Do they sync? No. Have any? Don't know if they do. Not gonna try. But you see how Apple? They want you to get that iPad. Exactly. That iPad and that iPhone to sync. They want it to be to where you never change like you never have to change you i'm gonna never be, have to go i'm to gonna be real company. though everyone in my house but me has an ipad is that right yeah we need to change that I, i've been fine without an ipad for the last couple of years I'll, I'll talk to my plug at apple right right at i mean seriously my guy. ipad broke in freshman year i've been fine without it ever since <laughs> as long as i got a tablet in front of me i don't care speaking of apple i most certainly use my iphone for youtube we're gonna go ahead and move on to my entertainment segment <laughs> Come on now. Everybody loves YouTube. YouTube is probably now one of the biggest streaming services out right now. Has to be. Agreed. People bought it for what? A couple of mil? I mean, a couple of bill? Uh, I think so. I'm not sure on the numbers. But, yes, it was a big price. And YouTube, I use, I watch YouTube every day. I'm I on YouTube, YouTube all the time. I watch YouTube more than TV. How about you, Mr. Hobson? Yeah, same. I don't, we don't have cable. We uh, do all streaming YouTube. Uh, my daughter loves uh, her Peppa Pig and yeah, that cringe. Right now, show. Frosty the Snowman is out on YouTube, and it's, that's every day. We've got to watch it at least once. In YouTube, so, they have this, and it's free. Yeah, it's free, and they also allow you to buy movies on there, so right. you don't have to go nowhere else. Right. Yeah, and, if, although the word "buy" is in fact a trigger warning. Trigger word not gonna happen. You're not gonna buy anything, Tony, off YouTube. Well, you rent it. You you rent no. it from YouTube. Poverty is calling. You pay three ninety nine for a movie. You've got it for like three days. So oh, really yeah. renting it. All right, it's pretty nice. Would you go to Redbox and get a movie? I've never used a Redbox, Tony. What do you do? <laughs> you watch bootleg movies? I used to buy DVDs. Okay, okay. <laughs> emphasis on used to. Now I go on Netflix. Okay. That, that's okay. reasonable. That's, that's yeah, reasonable. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but I watch YouTube more than Netflix now. So do YouTube put DVDs out of out of business? Of course. Blu-rays. Blockbuster. Y'all uh, remember the Blockbusters? You used to be able to walk in, buy yeah. CDs. They, I think they only have one more now. Yeah, I think it's in uh, some rural county or yeah, something. Yeah, non-existent, basically. I mean, I I don't – we haven't been there since I was in, like, middle school. Well, it also shows your age, too, because you said you walk in there and buy CDs. Oh, oh of course with my parents. Shark to you know. What did you what did you used to do? Rent movies, rent VHS tapes and DVDs. Oh, oh what? Yeah, I never yeah. bought a I never bought a CD from Blockbuster ever. Yeah, he he's from like when they when you if you uh, didn't catch it in the movie theaters, <laughs> you never saw it again. That's the times that he's living do in. Do you still use a VCR? You see, you got one right over in the classroom. Oh yeah, oh, I yeah. did not uh, notice that until what, now. Were y'all movies in color or like? <laughs> why is he trying to play you like? I don't that? know why he is. No. You be watching that uh, Felix the Cat, uh, that Woody P- Woodpecker, all them old stuff that you know that Bibbidi Boop and, and that okay. and that Popeye and stuff, huh? <laughs> okay, Tony, you know, those shows are really okay, old, yeah, Tony. Tony. That shows your age. You tried me today, man. Okay, I got you. So, um, my man said Bibbidi Boop. Okay, I don't know a name. Netflix. <laughs> I feel like they they may be going out of business. Nah, I'm just Netflix. Kidding. They they can't go out of business. Nah, nope. But YouTube is on the rise and will remain one of the highest. Yeah, yeah. Especially in terms of music, which will segue us into our next topic. Come on. So now. it's your boy, cool boy Caleb, and today we're going to be on the topic of music. Now, as you guys know, Excess Tentacion, which has sadly passed away. Um, 
has dropped an album, a posthumous album, which uh, for those of you guys that don't know, it's when a dead person gets awarded or releases some music while being deceased. Isn't this his third or his second album from his since his passing? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Dang. Uh, he's yeah. been gone for what, 48 hours? I'd say two, yeah. no, since 2017. <laughs> We're two talking years? about two different people. You talking Who about y'all talking about Juice World? I don't know these kids. So. We're talking uh, about XXX. Oh, you talking about yeah, the little kid that got shot. He got shot in this Florida. This was last year, right? Yeah, 2017. Okay, oh, this was La- Yeah, it was last school year, but uh, okay, yeah, 17. So this mm-hmm. time that school year, right? Gotcha. Yeah. So because y'all, y'all remember, y'all were toe up about that. I was heartbroken. I was, yeah, I was. Heartbroken I enjoyed it. For those who heard about it, they were heartbroken. Well, especially those who his fan base. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact that he had a child who hadn't been born yet, so that child will never meet his dad. Oh, dang, sad. that is tough. Yeah. yeah. Oof. So, remind, give me one of his songs because I don't know. Now I'm depressed. Um, he has a song. Oh, Moonlight. Oh, Spotlight. <sighs> Moonlight <sighs> is one of the most. That's one of his biggest. Oh man, come on now! Right now, y'all know don't listen to this. you'll have to go listen to this. I'm sorry that he's not Michael Jackson or (laughs) Franklin, (laughs) but you know we're we're working. He'll never be James Brown, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But so this last album, did you listen to it? Uh, Yes, actually, I've listened to a couple of the songs on there. It's really weird. It's like when you're listening to somebody who's like not alive. um, It's just you know. Really weird. I don't know if you ever got a chance to listen to Biggie's album, his posthumous album when it was out. Did, yeah. did y'all stay up for that? Mm-hmm. I mean, camp outside. The <laughs> Wait, you guys got to go, like, buy it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. This is weird. Um, did y'all buy it at midnight, or did it have no. to be? Uh, <laughs> I didn't stand out to buy anything at midnight. You had to wait till the next day? Uh, never understood why people go out and wait all night for something, even if it's cold. <laughs> I'd never be able to do that, even if it's something I'm waiting on. Tony, you, you, you obviously don't love something enough to do that. Oh, dude, you do not know the patience I have for things. So this, oh, this yeah. X album, so it dropped what? It dropped Friday. Yeah, Friday. On the 4th, I believe. Yeah. It's really sad because, you know, he has this son on the way and they don't get to meet his dad. But uh, speaking of parenthood, let's go ahead and lead into our main topic for the show today. After this 10-second commercial. So, Mr. Dobson, how you doing today? Doing all right, man. How about y'all? How are doing swell? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I'm every tired, day above though. ground is a good day. Amen. Every day above ground is a good day. You tired? It's what? early in the morning. Hey, man, you never be tired. Ah, yes, you can. Yeah. Are <laughs> you never tired? Oh, yeah, we all get tired, but you can't be tired of this, right? Oh, I'm uh, not tired of this. I'm just plain tired. Never tired of this. Okay. So, today our topic is parenthood. And the question of the day is, is a parent... Is a toxic parent better than a um, absent parent? And it's not saying like action-wise are they better, but which one is more beneficial to the child? Do you believe? Do you feel like a child, a parent in the child's life, is more beneficial, even though they have their baggage, even though every parent has their baggage? But this may lead off and onto the child, or a parent that's not there at all is better for the child. 
Uh, I don't have a yay or nay answer for that question okay. uh, because there's so many facets that we won't even be able to tackle here today in this short time together. Uh, but I believe wholeheartedly that the presence of any parent um, is important to a child's life, especially in the formative years, um, meaning those years right now, like my daughter, she'll be two in a couple of weeks. Um, and I believe that my wife and I's presence in her life has um, been a been a lasting and positive change for her. Mm-hmm. Um, as we, we do send her to school, however, parenting starts at home, education starts at home. Right. And what we do at home um, obviously filtrates or filters into what she's getting at school. And so she goes to school prepared, and what she gets there, she comes home, and we're able to elaborate on that and then teach her new things. Right. Um, and it doesn't even end with the educational piece. It's just the common interactions, you know, mm-hmm. what to do when you see somebody, what love is. Um, she's yeah. got this whole thing now where she'll come up and just randomly tell us she loves it. She's not even two. I love you, Mommy. I love you, Daddy. And then she'll end it with, I got you. Because that's what we always tell her. I got you, baby. And then she'll tell her, I got you. So to hear a two-year-old thinking she understands what it means, you know, uh, and she's just really repeating what she hears. Right. Uh, But ultimately, that becomes who she is. Um, So I think the presence of parents is important uh, for every child. So Uh, now on the topic of toxic parents, you know, then we can – Talk about that or not. I mean, I can understand. It's important for a parent to be around. It's up to the toxic parent in general to be able to fix themselves, you know? For sure. Yeah. I, uh, me, personally, I feel like a parent is a parent. Um, not everybody's perfect. Um, for example, um, let's say that there's a parent that has, like, a means of getting money, which is not necessarily viewed as, as a good way. So, like what? Selling um, drugs? Yeah, selling drugs. Okay, so uh, I feel like they're doing what they got to do to make ends meet. And when it comes to your kids, people are willing, like, there's, people are willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to ensure that their kid has a good future. I understand that, but I feel like you should, if that's what you're doing, which you know is unsafe, I think you should then take it to, you, like, your action. Make it a point to love your child from a distance because I don't think you should personally i don't think you should do that around your child because it's what if what happens like you're basically t- showing them that that's okay yeah showing them that their lifestyle is okay that their lifestyle is okay so to his point if you're saying that this person is is their back is against the wall and for whatever reason systematically or whatever uh that they're doing what they need to do to survive so you're saying it's a means of survival yes sir uh, then there are, again there are different variables that can play out in this situation so if you're doing it as a means of survival, which doesn't make it right, um, but some people feel like that's their only option. You right. know what I mean? And again, it doesn't make it right. Uh, and I think that if you are introducing certain lifestyles and certain things to your kids, especially if it's for a means of survival, then the child shouldn't know everything that's happening anyway. Yeah, that's right. what I was saying. Like, they're doing it so that they don't have to type stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, so I guess that would be, is that your example of a toxic parent? Caleb? Uh, yes, that would be my example of a toxic parent. Or okay. actually, no, I, I I wouldn't want to classify that as toxic because right, um, cause you, they're, yeah. they're doing what they can to yeah, love doing. their child. So oh. toxic in the question, I believe it was talk, speaking more towards, say, a parent who's on drugs, who is um, suffering drug abuse or maybe alcoholism, who's going through that, um, or an abusive parent. Emotionally, mentally, physically abusive parents. So 
now that type of parent, how do you feel? Should they be in the child's life or love from a distance or not be in the child's life at all? Um, with this one, uh, I feel as if if they're not going to be a, ma a majority positive type um, of motivation, then I feel like they shouldn't be a part of the kid's life in general. Because um, think of it as like a broken record. You know, it's not going to be able to run smoothly, you know. The sounds is going to come out weird. Um, you don't want that to happen to your child. So okay. when well, I that, think of that, – That analogy, that comes with – uh, with the record being played over and over, right? Y'all yes, tried sir. to call me old earlier, right? right. Uh, <laughs> so this record is worn in a sense. Right. So so the more you play it, the wax is going to lift and scratch or whatever the case may be. So this record is now worn. Um, and I think that that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a sign of wisdom and fight and grit in life. Culturally, uh, when you use, to me, when you use that analogy, that's what I see. I see a life that's been lived, that's been played. Um, and when the record's played over and over, uh, you all may not understand that uh, because you how many oh well do y'all know what a record is and how it works and right yes, sir. Uh, yeah so yes. it's been played over and over and it's at that state because somebody liked the, the music right right so it's been played over and over and over so that's why it's worn uh, but when you look at toxic parenting from the perspective that you just gave uh, being um, again I still believe that the individual being in the child's life is important okay now. The other facets that come in into play there, abuse, alcohol abuse, whatever the case may be. Um, I've never been in that situation, so I can't speak directly to how one would feel right. uh, coming from that situation. But I do know that one thing in our community that we don't talk about uh, with alcohol abuse and drug abuse and all that, these are ills that we typically don't see um, folks in our community often getting help for. Right. Um, and so these are opportunities that I think uh, children, uh, you know, that whole idea of children, child stay in the child's place. Uh, but I think children uh, can be that turning table for those parents who are in situations where they need help. Right. Because their illness causes most times from me being in this profession for years and having witnessed and experienced uh, parents in these situations, it causes trauma uh, that they don't even realize they're causing. Because to the child? The, to the child. Yeah. I'm just saying. And, and to themselves. I mean, mm -hmm. step out of a child's life. You don't know how it's going to negatively affect the child in general. Right. 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 I mean, I grew up with just a mom for Pete's sake. And so, like, that could have an effect on the child's, when they grow up, their children, and so on and so forth. Right. So, which is why I don't say, which is why I don't have an answer for the initial question, uh, the driving question for this discussion, because either way, there's going to be trauma. Right. Right. So there's trauma from an absent father, an absent mother, and then there's trauma from a toxic father or a toxic mother. Okay. So this, so to me, from a personal perspective, I can't answer that. Okay. Uh, because of just what I what I stated, but at the end of the day, I think that there ought to be an opportunity for uh, reconciliation, whether it be the absent parent or the toxic parent, uh, reconciliation and the show that you do love, because what child wants to be without a parent? So not when you drive that right, because when you drive that question, like, uh, do I want to not have a parent over a toxic parent, or do I want to have a toxic parent over? You know what? I don't, I don't know any kid. Like I said, I've been doing this for years. I don't know any kid that doesn't want their parent, mother or father. I've never heard even even in toxic situations. I know my mom is. This is not who she is, and you know you ha you hear those conversations from kids all the time. Right. 
and uh, they see the good in, in a parent. Mm-hmm. And a kid will always find the good regardless of the situation. And as you get older and mature, what I've noticed is that students begin to kind of on their own, They come in, as they come into their own, they begin to push the bad away. And they become, begin to make decisions. No, I don't want to be around that. No, this isn't good for me. But they always try to find the good because that's mom or that's dad. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't think, uh, I don't think the question's fair. <laughs> the question's sense. fair. I don't think it's fair. Well, uh, is there a way that you think we can make it fair? No. No. I think it's a great conversation piece. Right. But for people that have been in the situation, uh, like we just discussed, right. Um, I don't think there's anybody that doesn't want that love from a father, that love from a mother. Okay. I can understand that. And so you you spoke on, um, I guess, uh, like forgiving yeah. the parent. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think everybody should forgive that parent? I, I, think, I think everybody comes into a place where they have to understand the sickness. Okay. Uh, because for years, uh, alcohol abuse in our community wasn't labeled as a sickness. Right. And it is. Uh, for whatever whatever caused it, um, we typically, oh, that's just the drunk. That's Pete the drunk. That's, you know, Sally the drunk. You know, we, we typically label it like that, and it's a joke of the day, and it, it becomes, you know, this, oh, that's, that's so-and-so going down there to buy another fifth. Right. Uh, versus that so-and-so, how can we help them? Mm-hmm. They haven't been in their child's life or they're there. They've beaten on the kids or they're sleep or whatever the case may be. They've drunken themselves into a stupor. Uh, and, and now we seem like there's no hope for this individual when there is. But that that uh, how can we help them narrative in the black community? What what I've seen is not there, like a lot. No. No, nobody's like, oh, how can I help them? Like, say a person's like, especially teenagers, they're like, oh, I want to go to therapy or whatever the case may be. I want to go see a counselor. The parents may be like, oh, like there's nothing wrong with you. Like, right? And you know why that is, right? I don't know why that is. So this old adage that what happens in the house stays in the house. Uh, yeah. So this cultural understanding that we all can mitigate our own situations without outside influences. Right. And to a degree, I believe that because um, I believe in harmony in the family, but to a degree only because I, 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 I definitely support outside influences such as counseling, right. whether it's from the church or some um, secular audience or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, but we've we've taken that and we've lived that down from times ago, generations back. And so we still live in those days uh, of, of old, and we still practice that. And so nobody's getting help. So um, on top of that subject, so do you feel as if the child should be obligated to forgive their parents for being absent in their lives? No, no. I think those, those types of feelings are, are non-volitional. So I can't force you to do something that you don't feel. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. From, in terms of your feelings. Like, right. say, say a parent was absent from your life. He walked up out of nowhere one day, and he was all, I'm not asking you for the, to forgive me. I'm just asking for you to let me in your life. What would you say? Um, uh, I, what age am I? How old am I? How long? Say, say about the age you are now. Um, I'm a very um, empathetic person. Uh, I would consider it. Of course, it's not going to be um, able to replicate what, what could have been if he was there the whole time. Um, I would, I can't a hundred percent say that I would 
you know, be all arms, you know. Like, hey, man, you know, let's have, you know, pretend like right. you've been there. Right, right. But, um, yeah, I, I, w- I would have sympathy for him. Depending on, depends on the reason why he left, though. Well, why is that a factor? Because, like, let's say he was a toxic parent and maybe he was leaving, so for the better have, of you, yeah, yeah. would have that type of influence on me then. I could see. So if he left to get better. Yeah, if he left if he left to better himself and maybe that process took sixteen years. Yeah. He came back to try to help better me Okay. And so he came back after he had got better, then you would be more open to having a relationship with him. Yes. Versus just open leaving. Yes. Okay. For example or oh also, with that, that makes me bring up, like, the whole LeBron situation, how, you know, he's practically a billionaire now, but his, you know, his dad is trying to show up in his life again. Um, personally, if that happened to me, um, I really wouldn't know how to respond because you can't really tell if it's real love, fake love, if they're just trying to come back for the money, you know. And those uh, are those variables we, we were talking about earlier. There, there are different things that go into that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't personally. I don't really trust people, so it it would be really hard for trust me. Trust people. What, what does that mean? I don't trust anybody. Like <laughs> I trust people, some people, but okay. it takes a while for me to trust them because. Oh, so you have to develop that relationship, and then the trust comes. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So therefore, gotcha. if he just came back and I'm 17, like I am now, I'm just like, okay, like I don't know. I w- I feel like I would have a nonchalant attitude towards the situation. At least you have the chance to see his face again. Yeah. And so some people don't. Not everyone gets that chance. So, like for your situation, uh, Tony. So when you when you when you think about your situation as it stands, uh, where is your mind at? Given your dad being absent, he's not absent. Okay, he's buried. Okay, okay. I didn't realize that. Okay, I apologize for that. So with with dad being gone, and you hear this conversation, um, how do you feel? With dad being deceased, how do you feel when you hear other scholars saying, I may not be able to forgive, I may not be able to open open my arms and, you know, do you, so so you, your situation is completely different, right? So how do you feel when you hear somebody say that with you never being able to even have that opportunity? Honestly, this is the first time I've ever heard something like this up close. Honestly, if I had the chance to sell, tell somebody, I'd say, at, le- at, least your, at least yours is still, at least yours is still alive and it, and if he truly cared, he'd come back. At least you'd have the chance to see him again. Yeah. How long has your uh, father been, been deceased? Since I was about five. And how how is that? How has that driven your life? So dad's not absent uh, by choice or by disease or whatever. Even before then, he, even before then, I lived alone with my mother. Mm-hmm. They were they were split up. So although I was too young to even notice. He was still in my life, and I have a few memories of him. But despite that, but despite that, I still wish I could have made more. Right. Yeah. Right. I get by. I get by with stories I hear about him because my family, they just loved him mm-hmm. automatically. Like, like the first minute my mother's side met him, they loved him automatically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so with with that, in uh, the trajectory that that the path that you've that you've made in life and the strides that you've made um what would you give in terms of advice 
to students whose fathers are not there? What, what, what advice would you give them? If your father were to ever come back in your life saying he wants to do a better job, at least give him a small percentage of a chance. And yeah, yeah. seeing from that and seeing from your story, I, I think, yeah, I think you should give that parent a chance. Um, and so yeah, that's, the, that's the part of the variable we talked about. So you got so many different layers to this story, to this conversation uh, that play into this. Yeah. And it's about empathy. You know, it's, it's also about where you are in your life uh, as well. So, and um, so thank you for sharing that because it takes takes boldness to share that kind of stuff. Yes, thank you, Tony. Hmm. And um, I want to thank you, Mr. Hobson. No problem. And we ran out of time today, guys. Unfortunately, but we have to go to Tony's joke of the day. All right, here we go. What do you call fake spaghetti? What, Tony? An imposter. What? <laughs> Wait, that's horrible. Uh, yeah, that was pretty that's good. The worst. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on! I've never heard that one. Yeah, come on! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, brother, that, that stinks. <laughs> oh, jeez, I give that about five hates right there. <laughs> um, so I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you, Mr. Hobson, once again for coming no out onto the Thanks show. And um, this was. Um, a part of our mission, and it directed on number two, which was honor diverse experiences. And um, I want to thank you all and come back next time for another episode of Team. Thanks for having me, man. We out, baby. Thank you.